G, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? It's been a day, it's been a day, it's been a day, but I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna really complain about it. How was your holiday? Uh, it was fine. It's fine, you know, uh, did a uh, couple things, uh, you know, some houses, had some laughs, you know, ate some food. You sound so happy about it. Yeah, I mean, it was, just like I said, it was what it was. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not uh, mad at that. I was your, uh, I was your time. Um, everything was good. Can't really complain. Um, I had already planned ahead. I knew I was house hopping. Um, just didn't want to cook. Got too much stuff. I'm still trying to, you know, get done. So it just wasn't, um, this just wasn't the year for me to, uh, cook. I cooked last year and this just was not the year for me to cook. So, you know, planned ahead. So can't complain. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, man, let's, let's try. I must say try. I'm not going to say for sure we're going to cover everything, but let's, try to dive in uh i know we briefly talked uh did you watch anything from full gear or did, were you like more of uh checking out the highlights i mean <clears throat> i mean i don't buy pay-per-view so i didn't uh buy it um but you know i went and watched up highlight videos on youtube i mean a big thing came out of that was the hank man and uh swerve match what you know what kind of got everybody's attention um, and, uh, let me see, I know that was like, you know, the most attention grabbing thing, uh, MJF, of course, defeating, uh, Jay White on one leg, um, mixed feelings about that. Um, what else notable came out of that? I mean, I, so much stuff happened. I really can't remember. And Tony uh, Storm winning the belt bag. I oh yeah, yeah, Tony, yeah, yeah, timeless Tony. Yeah, it was. Uh, you gotta go. Who's hot? So I didn't yeah, have a problem with that. And just like um, Julia Hart, you know, winning, you you know, you go with who's hot, and she put the work in, developing this character, and just like Tony did. So, you know, you go with who's hot. So those were the right calls uh, to do that. We'll see how long they hold those titles, but. As of right now, those were the right calls. But Swerve, I mean, he came out there, you know, the weekend as as, as a star. Um, you know, showing how you can, you know, build up a guy. And uh, it looked like he'll eventually almost organically become a babyface, kind of like what happened with L.A. Knight, um, where the crowd starts getting behind him, even though they're a heel and, almost, and turn him uh for you so i mean if he's the first black aw champ i'm not mad at it um which i think he probably should you know be not saying it's gonna happen next year or what but i mean hey i'm all for it if it happens he's uh he's got the momentum you know he's got the 
crowd cheering them now, and you know they love do Prince Anna's dance. So, I mean, he he came out to me. He came out there a bigger star than what he went in. So that was biggest positive for him. Probably him and Julia Hart. They came out. Probably you know they probably gained the most from that uh pay per view. What from what I can uh, see. Yeah, I uh, I myself, as you stated, don't pay for pay-per-views. Uh, I still watched it, but I didn't really watch all of it because, like you said, I'm just for me, I'm not the type of person. And I even do it with WWE. If it's something I'm not interested in, I'm just not going to watch the match. Like, I, I love Gunther, but I skipped his match at Survivor Series because I just can't stand Miz and... You know, we'll get to that, though. But, you know, this I felt the same way with this pay-per-view. Like, Eddie Kingston, he's a good promo, you know. But I can see from a business standpoint of, you know, why why would I have him main event in the show, you know. But he was on the pre-show. I'm sorry, zero hour, as they like to call it, uh, defending his ROH championship uh, Claudio had the match with Buddy Matthews. Didn't watch that either. Uh, MJF did the um, tag team match with Samoa Joe against the Guns. I didn't watch that. <laughs> like literally, I honestly, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna say, it. I didn't watch anything really on this pay per view for real. I really just kind of watched the highlights because in reality, literally, I'll be cost- forgetting about Zero Hour. I forget, you know, that be on YouTube for free, but I always forget. I just wasn't going to waste my time in general. Like, it was some stuff I was interested in, but it didn't pique my interest enough for me to plan it into my day and then plan around it in the day. So I just said, you know what, I can catch the highlights. And just from what I've seen, you know, just like you said, like the, the important stuff, and that's not necessarily, you know, being disrespectful to anybody else, but... You know, Tony Storm, she's put a lot into this timeless Tony Storm character. Uh, she's been doing great with that. I mean, granted, there's a couple issues here and there I have with it that, you know, she could kind of, you know, polish up a little bit better. But for the most part, it's really great. So I'm not going to complain. Um, uh, uh, Swerve and Hangman. Yeah, as you said, the most talked about thing there and, you know, even Mick Foley commented it just a couple of days ago and said, you know, it back when he was wrestling, he would have never did that. And, you know, especially now he would expect people not to do that. Um, I mean, I like the thing is, it's like for me, when I saw it, I was personally disgusted just because of you know, where we are now in the world and not saying that anybody has anything, but it's just, it's one of those things you just, you don't want to risk it. You don't want to risk it because somewhere down the line if something happened and somebody says, oh, you know, because like the whole thing with, you know, uh, Bob Orton Sr. or Undertaker, you know, that, you know, made news and the fact that people still bring that up, so... What you call did it to Abdullah Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah, Abdullah the Butcher. It's all it's it's one of those things is is really touchy. It's just really touchy and I mean I'm I mean, I'm not for that for shock value. Um um I mean that's what it was really done for and that's something they kinda I guess did on the fly. 
which I mean, I, I'm all I'm I'm against swapping bodily fluids. Yeah, you know, especially blood. Blood is something that you should never ever intake another person's blood or even animal blood into your body. That's just something that you just don't do. Like the match call for blood, it was a blood feud. It was personal. So yeah, I for somebody getting busted open. That's fine, but bleeding into somebody else's mouth and then, you know, that's that's that's, you know, that's 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 much. It was a it was too far for sure. It was too far. And I mean from from the standpoint of the shock value, like yeah, the shock value was there. And it kind of makes you like, oh my God, it looked like some video game stuff. And I just I'm not even a fan of it when it's in video games and stuff. And I mean, I know some people today are very blood, um, you know, bloodthirsty with with things, and they want everything bloody. I remember um, when Deadpool, you know, was first uh, coming out, and and it was like, oh, uh, we needed to be R because we need the blood, we need the blood, we need to be bloody. And I'm like, Deadpool, you can still have a good movie without it being overly bloody. You know, he doesn't have to when when he cuts, you know, somebody with a samurai sword or, you know, blood doesn't have to gush all over the screen. This is not necessary. You can do it without the blood. No, no, no. You need the blood. And it's always the the the, the people who like ain't never like been in a real fight or seen real violence that <laughs> always say these things. So that's yeah. kind of what's what was weird to me. Like you've never actually even seen anybody. When you've actually seen somebody get shot or stabbed. You know, you kind of be like, you know, that's you know, I I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was just a little too far, and it it was very very unneeded. But you know, we won't spend more time on that. Uh, Julia Hart, she was the surprise for me coming out of the pay per view. I I'm extremely proud of her because she's worked really hard. You see how quickly she's progressed. The only issue I have. And I guess it's not really in this particular case because at least it was like it was a three way match. So it's different if because I believe Sky Blue took the pin, if I'm she not did. mistaken. Yeah, to protect so, uh, Statlander. Yes, yeah, so, because right, because you got to protect uh, protect Statlander, but it's still and give her time for a rematch and give her you know grounds for a rematch. But no, but this is my issue. This is my only issue with that. The way Tony books stuff, he books stuff so just so ridiculously that it just he makes himself look crazy down the line. So if I'm not mistaken, Jay did like two triple threat matches and retained both times. And it's like, okay, so you have her on this this you know unbeatable streak and Statlander's the only person that beat her, but she was able to retain in a you know in a triple threat. But Statlander could it just it just it's kind of it just kind of doesn't make sense. But I in a sense I can see Jay why could he retain, think, but not Statlander. Yeah, and she's the one, and Statlander's the one that beat her. So I'm just like, is the booking still doesn't make sense? Well, so Statlander like, didn't get. This is since she didn't get technically beat. She didn't take the pin. Right, she didn't take the but, pin. But it's you know, stupid. it's like at the same time, 
we going with like who's hot right now. That's the whole thing. So right, that's but why the booking still has to, but the booking still has to make sense. And I felt like Statlander could at least have retains. And then Julia Hart, they could, you know, they could have been like, well, oh, Julia Hart did such a great job. You know, the management decided to give her another chance. She gets a one-on-one shot and then she wins. Granted, granted, the situation is going to be, well, oh, you know, Stat took the pen from her, but you could have just, at that point, I would have rather them had just did the three-way match again and been like, oh, it was so good for the fans. If you wanted to do it like that, could just again, it's just the way they set it up initially. You had Jay be able to defend in all these different types of situations, and nobody can beat her. And then the one person that can beat her, she gets in when she gets in the three way, and then all of a sudden she loses. It's like she didn't take the pin, but still, it's you know. And like I said, Julia Hart, I'm really proud of the progress she's made. I watched the, I didn't watch the press conference, but I did see her part of the press conference. And I just remember thinking the whole time, I said, oh my God, is this how she really talks? Like, I just remember being very uh, confused because I'm like, she is just coming off so dry. And is, you know, maybe she was tired or something, but I'm just like, wow, like she's just coming off so dry and like nobody's gonna want you on a commercial or something if that's the that if that's your level of personality is was she still just, in character? It didn't come off like that because she was answering stuff in K Fave. The only she she but the oh character God, is almost supposed to be, you know, kind of under a trance or something. Was she would the only thing she did kind of answer in character was when somebody asked her about her missing sky blue and you know sky blue, you know, basically not coming over to her dark side or whatever. She was like, Yeah, I mean, it didn't work. It's like it was like the question, the way she responded, everything was just a problem with that. But we won't, like I said, we won't stick on that. I will say this to piggyback off your comment of, you know, Swerve possibly being the first African-American uh, AW world champion. Uh, I'm all for it. Uh, Swerve works really hard since he's been at AW. He's made the most of every opportunity. Um, honestly, if it was probably, uh, let me not say probably anybody else. If it was basically anybody else that's like his side, I got, oh, excuse me. That one too. Oh, it caught me off guard and it hurts. If anybody else his size that came up around the same time that he did, I would probably say, oh, they true. Like, okay, I'll say it like this. And I mean no disrespect by this either. For Swerve, I can see him saying that and I can see it be a, le a legitimate argument for him being world champion. I can't make the same argument for a Leo Rush. And again, that's not me trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying there's there's just a difference with these things. And this Swerve, is, mm, what you think Swerve is the same size as Leo Rush? Well, no, I'm not saying he's the same exact size, but just to use somebody in the sense of who would say that type of thing because they get such rave reviews on their their level of talent. Now, as far as the Swerve no, Leo action, Rush has a bad attitude. That's Leo Rush's problem. His I never said that wasn't his. Yeah. I never said that wasn't his problem. I'm just saying, in the sense of who would say something like that, I would automatically think Leo Rush because we know he would say something like that. 
But my point being is it's believable coming from Swerve because, like I said, he's made the most of every opportunity since he's been at AEW. I I feel, and as much as I hate to say it like this, because I know some people are going to say this wrong, he has a better chance of being world champion at AEW than he does WWE. And that's not saying that he would never have the opportunity at WWE, but I would think it would... Okay, let me not say I would think. It clearly would be a little bit harder just because there's more top left. There's people that's better than him. And it's not saying that Swerve isn't good because Swerve is really good. But there's people still, there's a lot of talent. Well, let me not say a lot because it's not a lot. There is a decent amount of talent ahead of him as far as skill. So, no, he wouldn't have necessarily have that opportunity. He would, but I could put Swerve in a match with with Seth Rollins, and I wouldn't worry about it. He could hang with him. Of course. I could put him in a match with Cody. He would hang with him. I agree with you 100%. I you know he you could mean. he could he could hang with he would not look out of place next to none I'm of those guys. He will look out. He of just place. never that's got he never I'm got that opportunity. That's not what I'm getting at though. What I'm getting at is I'm saying the only basically to to put it in layman's terms, the only difference is because AEW doesn't have that a like a lot of a list talent like they do at WWE. I'm not saying they don't have it. I'm just saying they don't have as much of it that there's going to be more people ahead of him in line at WWE versus over at AEW. That's the only thing I'm saying. I'm not saying that they couldn't put him in a match with a Seth or a Cody or, you know, a AJ. You know, I'm not saying that they couldn't do that because they most certainly could because Swerve is really, really good. I'm just saying that because there are more people with, uh, there's more people with a lot more equity people that's, you know, a few steps ahead of him in the talent department. And again, that's not taken away from him at all. I'm just saying that there's When you people say it's people just, ahead of him in the talent department, what are you referring to? Like, Swerve is good, but he's not he's not necessarily on Seth Rollins' level yet, but he's almost there. Seth got a little, yeah, I, Seth got a little bit more got, in the in-ring department. Just a little, not that much more, but a little bit more. Because, like I said, Swerve is really good. He's really. I mean, because you know, Seth Rollins is is is, is kind of. I don't know. I don't know if that whole back thing is supposed to be kayfabe or not. No, but, it's a real you thing. Know, he legit has back issues. That's a real thing. No, well, because I mean, he when I do see him, you know, he does not look. You know, I mean, of course, he's getting older, so that's going to factor into it as well. But I mean, for athleticism right now. Swerve got him all day, you know, as far as that. Now, is there some things Swerve could probably polish up? Yeah, because he's going from, you know, a guy who was kind of what he's being a cruiserweight, right? And then he, uh, you know, got a little bigger. Now he's, you know, bulked up. So where he can, you know, doesn't look out of place competing with people who are, you know, about 220 pounds or, 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 you know, something like that. So, I mean, he has made that progression. I mean, just like Rollins did. I mean, you go look at Rollins' old Ring of Honor stuff, and, you know, he's obviously a lot smaller than, you know, what he is now. Um, so everybody's got to bulk up. But, yeah, I mean, Rollins, because he's been at it longer, I would say the experience factor, I'll, of course, I'll give him that. 
I mean, um, but like even even taking the experience factor out of it, at the age that Swerve is at now, and I believe Swerve is about 29, 30, and what self is like 36, 37. At the age Swerve is at now, Seth was already having world title reigns in WWE at Swerve's current age. So it's not necessarily more towards the experience factor because, yes, that's always going to play a factor with a, a talent as good as well, Seth Rollins. And, and but another what factor I'm comes in, too. The color factor comes in as well. But so. but what I'm well, I you know, I'm, I'm kind of not going to touch that for the simple fact of, you know, is it's it's a little too touchy and there was never as far as I know as far as I know there was never any accusations from Swerve as far as that so I'm not gonna touch no, that I'm but... not saying no accusation I'm I'm saying from what we've seen in years about that you know I'm not talking about that right now though I'm, I'm, I'm not even pointing to pointing to us I'm not but even pointing not, to but Swerve. that's not the point that's I'm just pointing the to they practice period. No, but you keep you keep trying to take it away from the point I'm getting at. The point I'm getting at is yes, Swerve is a good talent. He has the possibility to be a Shawn Michaels or Seth Rollins. Like he has that capability. Let's just see if he can keep it going. I'm not saying I never said once that he couldn't hang with the Seth or a Cody or anything like that. I'm just saying that, like I said, he wouldn't be exactly in the same position in WWE because you have somebody like a Seth, you have a Cody, you have the AJ Styles, you know, you have a well, I don't want to say Sami Zayn only because we know what they'll really do with him. But, you know, you have a Jay Uso. You have a Randy Orton. You know, you have these people. You know, you have Roman Reigns. You have these people that's automatically going to be Swerve better in the, in the ring than Jay Uso. I'm not saying he isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying that... It, it is a way more... Can Compelling character. You keep trying to take it away from what I'm saying. That's not the point I'm getting at. All I'm getting at is it's more about just the in-ring stuff. The in-ring is always going to be important. I'm not saying the swerve don't offer other stuff in the package because he offers the other stuff in the package too. But all I'm saying is there's people with a little bit more of those, a little bit more of those traits over in WWE. So he wouldn't have got a chance as quick. I'm not saying he would have never got a chance, but at this point right now, it's easier for him to have the chance at AEW. That's all I'm saying. I don't care about all that other stuff. I'm just trying to stick to the points that I'm trying to get at. And we've been on this too long and we got lots to talk about. So I'm going to move on. Um, I know that, uh, what was the, it was the, uh, Jay White. I keep wanting to call him the wrong name for some reason. The, the match with MJF and Jay White. I, I didn't really, well, like I said, I didn't really watch nothing on here. I just really watched the highlights and everything. Uh, from what I saw for me, if I was going to pick anything as like the, probably the best thing to watch would have been the MJF and Jay White match for the simple fact that MJF was just just on a different level in that particular match. Like, I did have a slight issue with the whole one-leg thing, and I know people are like, well, well, Cody just, you know, did a completely different thing, you know, like, completely different scenario. Like, this didn't happen the same day. This, like, these were, like, almost a week apart, whereas MJF, his supposedly happened earlier in the day, and he only had a few hours versus 
Cody getting hurt on a Monday and then being able to show up for the, you know, premium lime event on a Saturday. So two completely different things. Uh, but MJF just, he keeps showing us every time we see him, he just keeps showing us just more, like just little stuff here and there. And that's the, that's the sign of a real talent is when you see the little improvements. That's like back when Trish first got started and she first started wrestling and every time you saw her you just saw like for her it was a different situation because she went from not being able to do much to every week you seeing her doing something different and it's getting better and it's getting better but even like with a becky lynch even for her to be at the level she's at now she still every time you see her it's she all it's always something new no matter how small it is it's always something in the match that you see where you like oh, dang, well, I ain't seen her do that. Or you like, dang, I ain't seen her do that in a long time. So with with MJF, it's the same thing. He just, he just keeps showing us why he's such a top-tier player. And um, as far as the speculation on his contract, I guess I'll say, I believe he's already signed an extension because it's, it's no way – at least I'm just probably too optimistic, but it's just no way that as the owner of a company, I would let somebody hold me in this position when I'm the one that's signing their check. So I believe that MJF has probably already resigned like with them, probably an extension or a new contract, whatever. But I said that months ago when he first came back. So I wouldn't be surprised if he I mean, he probably did that way back when and they just, keep trolling people, you know, by not having him on the 2024 posters. That's all that is. Oh, I said the same thing. But here's the here's the plot twist with that, though. So this can either look really good or really bad because if if it comes to find out that MJF didn't resign and he actually leaves, who does Tony really have set up like that that can just step into that spot on the level of MJF? I mean, Brian will be Swerve. back soon. I mean, but who knows? But I mean, this is Brian's last year, so you know. No, what you saying that for? Like it means something. If Tony did something based off of common sense, a lot more of his shows would make sense. But I mean, Brian said that himself, so I don't think Tony said that rule. I think Brian said that rule for himself. I mean, no, I, Brian did say Brian did say that himself. He did say it was his last year, but that don't mean that he won't end up having to do a title run if MJF actually does leave. I'm I'm just saying. I'm not saying like, he won't, but I mean he ain't the future. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he is. I'm I'm just saying that that's one of the most likely people that I'm sure that Tony would choose. It's just kind it's just common sense. Um, Swerve, I wouldn't be surprised because as we just said, you know it's. He's had the buildup. He's strung together a lot of momentum. He's had a lot of good showings, uh, outings, you know, when he's had opportunities. So, I mean, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I can't overall rate the pay-per-view since I didn't really watch it. I only really watched the highlights. Um, but let's hop on over to Survivor Series since we're already on the event talk. Uh, 
it was a small card. It didn't have to be a big card because we knew we were having two war game matches. Of course, the women and the men's war game matches. Uh, there was three single matches on the card. The only match that I did not watch on the card was the uh, Intercontinental title match with Gunther and Miz. Love Gunther, but I just... <laughs> and it's not like I got a real beef with Miz. That's the thing. Like, in real life, he seems like one of the <laughs> nicest people ever. But it's just, it's so hard to watch him on TV, even just to try to tolerate him because... And it's not in a good way. Like, it's not in a way like, well, oh, he's just selling the character that good. It's just that, I don't know how to explain it without it sounding crazy, but it's just, it's, sometimes it's just too much because, like I said, he seems like a really nice person in real life. But my issue with The Miz is he's one of those people that I do not like as wrestlers because Every time you see them, it's like you watching the same match every time. Like, there's nothing special. And I know that he had the match on, was it Raw the week before or whatever, where he did pull out a couple moves we hadn't seen him do before or hadn't seen in a while, whatever. But it was just kind of like, eh, like, I just, I didn't care. I didn't even watch the match. I just so happened to see it on the internet because, again, it was Raw. I It was his match. I didn't care. So, you know, I went to the, you know, went down the street to the gas station real quick. But, um... Yeah, so I had to skip Gunther's match, but uh, War Games did open. Wow, I said War Games, <laughs> Survivor Series. I mean, it is War Games. I mean, it is, but it's technically called Survivor Series War Games. <laughs> uh, so Survivor Series War Games did start off with the women's War Games match. I was super pumped about this. Uh, the news broke a couple of hours before the premium live event that the women's match was kicking off everything. And I knew this was going to be hot. I had the same vibe back from Hell in a Cell when Becky, Bianca, and Asuka started off. And it was just like, started off the premium live event so hot. And it's almost like you can feel them saying when they walked in the back, like, yeah, follow that, motherfuckers. Like, it was, it was that good. And I had that same feeling with this. And... This did not disappoint in any capacity. Uh, you had Team Bianca, of course, Bianca Belair, Charlotte, Shotzi, Becky Lynch uh, against Damage Control, Bailey, Asuka, EO, and the returning Kyrie Sane. Of course, Dakota Kai still injured. Uh, she said that she's not clear for she there's they're saying she won't be aiming to be clear for in-ring competition until january uh this coming up january which is like in less than two months so you know right around the corner um the only issue i had going into this and i really hate to say this my main issue going into this was shasi just felt like she was the odd person out in the whole thing because it's just kind of like, yeah, the theme is, okay, these are all people that had, you know, got impacted by damage control and, you know, some huge capacity, you know, but it just kind of didn't make sense because with Bianca, okay, yeah, you knew what her beef was, like she, you know, EO cashed in on her at SummerSlam, but it's like, why are you mad? Like, that was the thing. Because when they said it on TV last... I mean, when they said it on um Survivor Series, I was kind of like, well, yeah. Like, I get you trying to string the story together for people. But it kind of makes no sense with Bianca. Because 
you can't be this mad about somebody cashing in on you when if you was the person that had the briefcase, you would have did the same thing. Now, if they would have said on commentary, oh, well, you know, when she cashed in, you know, damage control beat her up so EO could cash in. Like, so it's just wording and just just realizing that people are watching the show. It's not like people are just watching like every other week or something. So I mean, that's that just baby face reasoning. Oh, they cash it's in on me. And you know, babyface reasoning is that he'll do something so babyface get unlimited revenge. And so that's just a wrestling trope. So it's like you know, that's what it I, is. I can kind of let it go because I can kind of let it go because it's been a lot of shifts in the women's division lately. So I I to some degree can let it go, but it's the the reasoning there was a little shoddy. Like, yes, we get the underlying theme is Damage Control did something to all these women, but it was kind of like, and eh. Honestly, Damage Control, in my opinion, came into this match much stronger. They're more of a cohesive team. Yes, Asuka and Kyrie are the new additions, but, you know, EO already has relationships with them, so it just, it kind of works out. Um, you know, of course, going into the match, the other story being told was can Becky and Charlotte get along? And, you know, I was okay with that. What I became not okay with was how in the match they had those moments, like when they hugged, it just came off so fake. Even if it was real, it just came off as fake. Because I'm just like, even if me and somebody, you know, reunite after being mad at each other, like we don't even hug like that, even if we're excited. Like it's more of an actual, oh, let me embrace you, you know, and it just kind of, it looks like a fake hug. So it's just kind of like, eh, like he kind of took it off. But if you watch the press conference after, it really seemed like they were on good terms. Um, if they are great, if they're not great, I mean, not my business. It's not like my opinion is going to make a difference. But just me, myself, personally, I got to give it up to Becky because if her and Charlotte are really patching things up in real life, Becky's a good one because you're not going to try to humiliate me on TV and not, and you know, on top of the fact that you just was being a hater and just your, like, your career was more important than our friendship and you kept lying to people saying that wasn't the case. You're not going to do me the way she did Becky and think we ever going to make up, but that's just me. I'm just, I'm the type of person, once you show me, it's just, once you get to a certain level with me and you show me certain stuff about you, I know I can never trust you again, and I'm not going to give you the opportunity to F me over again. So, I mean, I understand being the bigger person sometimes, but just certain things is you can't come back from with me. But more power to Becky if they're able, if they're legitimately passionate friendship. Uh, the MVP of War Games, Bailey, she was there every step of the way. I don't care who was about to take a pin. Bailey was there breaking it up. Bailey was all over the place in that match. And the story that they're telling with Bailey, and you can tell that they're going to turn on her soon. It's been what, four years, five years since we had Babyface Bailey? It's been a while. Bailey has been one of the. Bailey has gone, has one of the most longest non turns in modern history because we don't usually get this often usually people will be a face or a heel for about two years tops and they have to get turned again because the you know crowd is usually kind of you know against whatever they're doing at the time but bailey has been 
healed for about four or five years. So more power to Bailey for getting healed Bailey over. <laughs> like, but what what did you think about the women's war games match? Um, I mean, it, it was a fine match. It, it was fine. Uh, I would have liked to see Damage Control win, but for storyline purposes, I understand why they had to lose and why Beck, I mean, Bailey had to take the pin um, because she's got to be the weak link of it. Look like what they're trying to do going forward. And so mm-hmm. they're going to obviously oust her something that she created, you know, her own creation is going to turn her against her, you know, Frankenstein and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, for the storyline, I would love to see Damage Control win the match because as your top women's heel faction, you know, Bianca's team don't gain nothing from that win. You know, you won, but yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't really gain nothing. But for storyline purposes, I understand why they had to lose, but at the same time, I would like to. I would have liked to see them win. I, I, I get sick of uh, you know, the uh, good guys just winning all the time. You know, especially in uh, right. This I gotta war agree games. with you. I, I, I definitely like, will agree. This was a situation where the baby faces didn't need the win, but because of where the story is going, I'm understand why damage control had to take the loss not like you said i understand why bailey has to take the l so it didn't bother me but it's just for the baby faces i remember saying that on twitter during the premium live event i said well where does where do the baby faces go from here because we know where the it's pretty obvious where the heels are going but where are the baby faces going because this kind of does <clears> nothing <throat> for them no they spin their heels i mean shotsy just go back to jobbing and uh at this point, I really don't care what, what Charlotte does. She can go back to do whatever. And, you know, Becky ain't had my attention in a couple of years. And Bianca, she has been spinning her heels ever since she lost her title. So hopefully she can get some direction. And You know, I hate to say it, but I think Shotzi just needs to go back to NXT. I think they have to send her back to NXT because it's like she gets almost no reaction even now. Like That's she, bad because I'm a Shotzi fan. I mean, I'm, I'm a I like fan. I I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I'm a supporter. I like Shotzi. I think she has the potential to be something. I'm not saying like a Trish Stratus level or a leader or nothing, but I think she got. I think she has something that she can be a little bit higher up on the card. But this yeah, I, is I miss the most... green hair. But you know, I know why she had to the... cut it. But that's right. I, I get I get the whole thing, but is. <laughs> With Shotzi, I said this on Twitter uh, on Friday, with Shotzi is in the Lacey Evans position right now. She's been started and stopped so many times, but granted, her situation is a little different because, you know, family issues, you know, her her uh, her sister is uh, cancer, so we know she was off, uh, you know, supporting her with that, you know, which is, you know, what led to the haircut originally. Uh, but also I know earlier in the year when she was, you know, gone for a while and people was like, where's Shotzi? You know, they said she was having back issues and, you know, they said that she was lights well, you know, backstage. So, you know, people was, you know, receptive to waiting on her and everything, but she just, I, don't know. As much as, <clears throat> I think she's as much probably going to end up being one of the per- people who 
gets bigger outside of wrestling because I know I know she's big, you know, big horror movie person. And uh, I, I'm going, I'm almost like, hey, start start doing movies like just start doing. I mean, I know she was in some little B movies way back then, but I don't even think it was B movies, probably C movies that she was in. But I would like to see her on the big screen and maybe some, you know, A list horror movies. I think that's where her future lies, not in the ring, but maybe being, you know, a horror icon. Maybe going that route, I think maybe that's better for her, but uh, we'll see. She's like, as far as booking wise, this is coming off real Lacey Evans ish. This is probably like the the biggest reaction she's had since she's been on the main roster is being in this storyline. But you know, I know I'm gonna catch a lot of flack for this, but I'm a realist and I just I have to put the facts out there. You know, a lot of people gave Ronda Rousey flag making it seem like that match she had with Shazi that she was a problem. When in reality, let's be honest, most of the time that we see Shazi now, she is not the same Shazi we saw in NXT. She's usually botching the move. She's either doing something too early or doing it too late or not selling it right away. It's like, I don't know what it is, but this is not the same Shazi I saw in NXT. Like, she was a lot smoother in NXT, and I... You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if she just, her heart isn't in it right now. I don't know. But, you know, it's not looking good for her if, you know, we don't see an improvement soon. Because, like you said, I'm just getting the sense she's going to go back to job and, you know, after this. Because, like I said, what, like, what did the baby faces get out of the win? Like, it just... So, again, is we know the story is more about, that, you know, what's going on with damage control, but we'll see what's going to happen going forward. Um, good match for what it is. Uh, for me, it's always hard to, it's always hard to judge the gimmick matches because it's not usually about what they should be about. And when you have stuff like war games and when you start getting furniture and stuff involved, it can really be, it can really start going downhill fast. But I felt like this was pretty controlled uh, for a war game. So just to end that off, uh, EO, a sight to be seen jumping from the top of the, you know, war games cage, you know, with the trash can on herself like she did in NXT and, you know, I was, this is what pissed me off with Charlotte. And this is why I'm not a fan of Charlotte. Because anybody with common freaking sense, especially somebody who has the father that she has, EO does her spot off the top of the cage. Why would you immediately go up and do a moonsault off the cage right after that? Because now you still on her heat. Like you, it's like you couldn't let her have the moment. Now you, the, it's it's like cutting your partner off in space. It's like what the f is you doing? So that was that was a big problem for me, you know. On j just it just didn't make any sense. You cutting off, you, you couldn't like granted y'all on separate teams, but it's like you just you still like technically it's still your partner. You couldn't you couldn't hurt heat off, and it's just kind of like. Eh. Like, why would you do that? Like, you, you shouldn't do that. And if you are going to do it, she should have waited later near the end. Like, granted, it wasn't, like, 10 minutes or nothing in between those times from when that happened to the match ended. But you could at least wait until, like, right before the match was about to end to do that versus just going up right after she did her. So, just, it was annoying. But um, did you watch Gunther and Miz? 
Yeah, but only because Gunther's my favorite uh, WWE uh, wrestler. <laughs> Gunther, I, Gunther, I, I, I will watch I, a match I, of Gunther. I mean, I'm not a Miz fan, and there was no way Miz is winning. But, I mean, Gunther's, to me, he's my favorite WWE superstar currently. So I will watch it just for, if I'm even if I'm not watching Monday Night Raw, which I usually don't. If I flip to it and Gunther's on, I will stay there and watch his segment before turning away. But if Gunther's on it, you got my attention. See, normally that's how I am too. Even if he's facing somebody I don't want to see or anybody for that matter, like with anybody. It's like if the person is somebody I just dislike that much, I won't even give the person I like the support. Like if it's that bad. And I think that's only, I think this is only the second time I haven't watched one of Gunther's matches. The first time is when he did the Drew McIntyre match. I didn't watch that one either because I just, Drew just bores the hell out of me. It's just, it's not. It's well, just we get nothing. to that. I, well, I got something to say about Drew, but okay, I'll wait till well, yeah, we get, we'll get to that, that match. Okay, so we'll, we'll skip ahead. Um, Dragon Lee and Santos Escobar. This was this was a good match. Um, Santos coming out looking like a good heel. San- I mean, I know you a guy, so you don't want to hear this, but Santos is really good looking. He's a really good looking guy. And it's not often women can say that. Like, he's really good looking. And especially, like, I didn't know he was, like, 39, 40. He looks a little bit younger than that. So I was a little perplexed, and I found out that's how old, like, you know, that's the age range he was in. But Santos is a very good-looking guy. And when he came out there with the swag, and I was like, okay, I said, turn up. Like, I said, I'm liking this Santos. Like, it's it's giving a little bit more than it did in NXT, because he was a good heel in NXT, but this was, like, on a different level, and I, I love it. Uh, like I said, super good-looking guy. Uh, Dragon Lee. I was hoping someday was going to come to their senses and switch his music back because why would you change his music from Catch Me in the Pit to this? Because Catch Me in the Pit is a way better song than this. And I'm I'm just not understanding. That would have hit so good at Survivor Series. And the fact that they just didn't switch it, like that was a perfect opportunity for them, for them to switch his music back. And the fact they didn't, it was just like, oh my God, are you serious? But um Escobar and Dragon Lee they went out there they had like a good seven and a half minutes and it was a good match like it it was a good match you got to see Santos be the heel he was he's a good heel Dragon Lee is picking up momentum so quick with the audience like oh my gosh I've been telling people for months he getting that rape push he been getting his rape push for a while and uh I, I just couldn't be more excited because he's such a good talent. Um, and actually, I know this is petty, but this made me laugh when I realized a couple of weeks back when uh, him and Ray did that segment together. And I said, shit, I said, Dragon Lee taller than Ray. <laughs> like, I always knew Ray was on the shorter side, but I said, dang, Dragon Lee taller. Because <laughs> I think Dragon Lee only about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, oh... <laughs> I was just like, damn, I said, how tall is Ray? Because I always thought that Ray was like, I always figured he was like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, but Ray got to be like 5'4", because I said, dog, like, he, 
I said, Dragon Lee, this much taller than him. But yeah, it was a good match. Um, Dragon Lee, I saw people complaining that Dragon Lee didn't get the win because they're like, oh, well, you know, he's been having a momentum on all this. Like, why would they have him lose? Like, he has to lose. It worked out perfect. Santos gets that heat. And he he got he he has some good heat since he's trying to right. He's got some good heat. The audience is with him as a heel. He did what he was supposed to do in that match. Dragon Lee did what he was supposed to do in the match. Both of them came out for the better. The crowd was still cheering for him after he took the L. And Ed Escobar got got a loud got a loud reaction of booze when he won. So I mean, and even just a little when the ref went to. You know, raised his hand. And he, you know, not only did he snatch his arm, but he take he took a half step back too. Most people just snap the snatch the arm, but he also took a half step back, which makes a lot of a uh, uh, makes a lot of a difference there. Uh, but yeah, good match. I got nothing to complain about. What did you think? I mean, Hill Escobar is the best Escobar. I mean, I you know just been following the whole LFO. What they what LFO? What a L L W O L W O. I was like, where can you get LFO? No, from? <laughs> I'm thinking LFI. Law. I thought that's what you were saying. I was I was starting thinking LFI. That's LFI is douche. Well, Dragon Lee used to be an LFI, but um, I was uh, it was I mean it's a good match. You got two competent uh uh guys. I mean two you know lucha libre superstars. So I mean I don't think you could have a bad match uh with them. Um just to say Hill Escobar is the best Escobar. Dragon Lee, you know, had to worry about him in a ring, you know. Him, you know, he, him and his brothers, yeah, you you don't gotta worry about them in a ring. They always gonna give you, you know, the best. Um Getting a lot of tired of the Mexicans only fight Mexicans though. Uh, they can't feud I mean, with nobody else. It. It, it 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 just it's like when when y'all had even when y'all had Andrade, Andrade fought Mysterio and and that's and and what you call different though. I get what you're saying, but that's different though from the what they do with the women when they. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. But what I'm saying is, I get what you're saying with that, but. With WWE, you got to remember, for a long time, they've been trying to put somebody in a position to be the next big Latino superstar, and nobody's been able to get over. Like, the last, out, outside of Ray, the only other luchador or, you know, uh, I guess you could say Latino superstar that got over was Eddie Guerrero. Everybody else has not been able to do it to the level that mm. Eddie and Ray have. No. And, that's, and what and you call has some, what you call, well, Del Rio has some success. They're trying, they're trying to groom. They've been trying, they, they were trying to groom Escobar and it wasn't working out. Then, you know, Dragon Lee had that one-off match on SmackDown and it went so well. I don't know if you knew, but the, that when he had that one-off match on SmackDown, it went so well that Triple H decided to bring him up to the main roster then because the deal was, uh, the, they ended up leaking the information. The deal was when Dragon Lee signed with WWE, he was going to do one full year in NXT and then he was going to go to the main roster. But when he had that one-off match, 
it went so well backstage they offered him the spot on the main roster then so at that point he had already started picking up momentum that Escobar didn't hadn't even got yet even doing all this stuff for Ray so like now, I said guys like that didn't need NXT they, they've been at it so long he didn't need no NXT but go ahead I mean, I'm just saying they just they just trying to build both of them up at the same time. I don't have a problem with that. Now, I don't want them just fighting each other all the time, but I can understand why they're doing it right now because they're trying to they're trying to figure out. Okay, we got to set somebody up. Ray already said he' about to retire within the next two years, so they need to be setting that up now, which is what they're doing now. So I can understand. Like I said, I don't want to see them just continuously fighting each other. We'll see what happens going forward. We'll go to the next match. Uh, I was excited for this. Uh, Rhea Ripley, just an amazing talent. I've been a fan of Rhea since the beginning. It's just the first the first time I saw her, I just knew it was something about her. She just she screams star. It's just she just gets your attention. Zoe Stark, uh, you know, she had Zoe Stark has something, but it's the personality that's the problem like it's just no charisma there it's like every time she does a promo it's just kind of like oh my god like but I mean she can work on it I mean it's a lot of people that ended up you know being big and can't do you know do a good promo so we'll see but uh Rhea and Zoe it honestly it was a couple spots that you know was kind of like eh, that could have been a little bit smoother but for the most part it was exactly what I thought it was going to be it was a good match. It was the type of match that Rhea needed. Uh, honestly, I don't see how they could do another match with Zoe because it's not like it's not like you know Rhea won and the you know by nefarious means or anything. So it was a clean win. So I can't see why there would be another match anytime soon. Uh, so we'll see what's next for Rhea, but I got no complaints about the match. It was a solid match. Rhea looked good. Zoe looked good out there. No complaints. What did you think? I mean, it was a competent match. Um, what can I say? I mean, this is just a one-off of Zoe Stark. Uh, as you know, I'm I'm not a Rhea Ripley fan, but it was a competent Which match. It was definitely def definitely no complaints for me on the match. Uh, I'm just excited to see what Rhea does next. And it was just weird seeing people complain on Twitter. And I'm just like, did y'all really think Rhea was going to lose before Elimination Chamber? Like, please. <laughs> Rhea is not about to be losing that belt before Elimination Chamber. Y'all better check it. Y'all better check yourselves. Okay, so finally we get to the men's war games. Now, as we know... Mm. Had to take a swig of water real quick. As we know, uh, the thread here is a few different things. So there are several different threads going through the, the men's war games match. Uh, you got Cody, him and his problems with stuff. You know, uh, everybody having some type of a issue at some point with Jay. Uh, you know, Sammy and Jay with their up and down relationship. Uh, the return of Randy Orton, who we found out was returning, you know, that past Monday uh, at the end of Monday Night Raw that Cody had said Randy was coming back. Uh, Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, J.D. Bandana, and there be, I don't know what you want to call him, the six man off the bench, Drew McIntyre. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with that, but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> 
but uh you know i pointed this out on twitter uh because we saw this on on smackdown uh finn balor was wearing a shirt that said finn and damien and Rhea and dominic and I, I put out a post. I said, did anybody else notice that Priest was wearing the same shirt? But his shirt said Damien and Finn and Rhea and Dominic. And this is this is this is why this the whole thing. We keep in mind of Damien saying he's the leader of the judgment day after they've always said there's no official leader when we know that Rhea's really the leader, but you know, that's neither here nor there right now. But yeah, just several different threads going through this. So this men's war games match was intriguing just based off of the different threads here, the different connections, but also because this is the first time that Cody himself has participated in a war games match. And we all know that Dusty Rose is the inventor of the war games. So this was a this was a huge thing, not only for the fans, but for Cody. Uh, you know, the the anticipation of Randy's return. Uh, people ha have been calling for Drew McIntyre's heel turn, and you know, he had turned, you know, two weeks prior. And it's it's just a lot. It's a it's a lot of equity, a lot of emotion, a lot of tension. It's a lot going on in this match. So you knew something was gonna happen. Um the <laughs> the thing the thing that kind of threw me uh well we'll start here beginning of the match the entrances are done you can see the tension between priest and mcintyre when they you know when everybody comes out finn starts off the match for their team they get locked in the cage you see that damien wasn't gonna go in the cage before drew <laughs> which i thought was so funny <laughs> which I thought was so freaking funny. I was like, this is perfect. Like, Priest is just, it's clicking for Priest, and I just, I love it because he's such a good talent. Uh, You know, you got Cody and Seth and Jay and Sammy, the all came out, and, you know, Randy throughout the show, the thread with Randy was like, oh, you know, he's not here yet. He's not here. Oh, Cody, is he going to be here? You know, he still isn't here. You know, even when everybody had emptied out the cages, you know, even the clock ran down and Randy still wasn't there. Uh, probably about within 30 seconds after the clock had ran down and Randy had not entered, he finally did enter. Randy came out. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Randy came out there looking jacked. Like, Randy's not a small guy. He's never been a small guy since we met him back when he was 22. He's never been a small guy, but he looked extra jacked, didn't he? Yeah, he definitely um put on some uh muscle. He looked like he put on a good eight, nine pounds of muscle. Like he looked freaking ribs. I said, man. I said, this look like 22-year-old Randy all over again. Like Randy, he looks like he was made in a lab, which is why anytime on commentary, when they say, if you was to build a superstar from the ground up, it will look like Randy or it rings so true because he literally looks like he was made in a lab. He just he just looks that good as a, as a human specimen. Like just genetics, just out of this freaking world. Just and especially for him to, you know, be in his early 40s and to look like that because most people get in their 30s and start looking like crap and 
you know, Randy looks great. He he looks amazing. So that was the pop was already great. But when people when he started getting closer and people really started looking how jacked he had got, it was like, damn. Uh Randy just looks amazing. <laughs> just looks amazing. Uh war games, uh, men's war games. This was it was a lot going on. Um like I said, the intensity was there. You could you could see all the problems coming out. You see to the point where Cody and Seth look like they're gonna have a problem. Cody brings out the bull rope. Uh, him and uh, you know, Seth gets mad and you know he grabs him and goes to snatch her for Cody. And Cody's just like, man, just one night. I told you we just need one night. And he said, this isn't for you. I felt it in my soul when Cody yelled at him and said, this isn't for you. And I said, dang, I said, flesh, uh, I said, flesh, wow. I said, Seth having those flashbacks. I was over here cracking up because that was the first thing I thought as soon as I saw Seth grab the rope. I said, oh, he having a hell in the cell flashbacks. <laughs> and then what Michael Cole said it on commentary, oh, Shay's the hell in the cell. You know, I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, just the moment, you know, Cody and uh, Seth working together and then, you know, Seth then telling Cody, like, hey, is he like, where is he at? Is he coming? And, you know, you see Cody do the head thing, like, I, I don't know. And he's like, what do you mean? You know? Like, Seth is, <laughs> Seth is, Seth is so funny. I love it. Seth is just hilarious. I'm pretty sure he's a riot at home because Becky, I know, is a riot at home. Uh, but, Man, this was this was great. You know, of course the chemistry was good across the board. Uh Judgment Day, they were working like well oil machine. Uh McIntyre just he just seemed like the sore thumb. The fact that JD looks like he belonged, but for some reason Drew looked like he didn't belong. It was just kind of well, weird. He ain't part of uh Judgment Day. I mean, right? true, but he's I mean, you still need to kind of He just there because he uh you know, they had a common enemy, that's it. He didn't I mean, really care about very, nobody else. That is very true. We see in the match where, you know, Randy laid waste to a couple people. You know, he looked like he was going to go after the priest who was stirring. Oh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Jay is uh behind Randy, uh, about seven o'clock behind Randy. And Randy turns around like he's going to attack Jay and Jay's stirring and Jay spidey senses kick in and he turns around and sees randy and randy hits him with the oh you thought i forgot but i didn't forget <laughs> you know it was just like oh good just such a good moment like the storytelling throughout the match and again like i said even with the women's war games gimmick matches are always the hardest for me to really judge because it's just because they can go so wrong so quick because people start doing stuff in gimmick matches that they shouldn't do and people have this assumption just because something's a gimmick match, you're supposed to at some point bring furniture into it. Just because it's a gimmick match doesn't mean it has to be furniture all the time. So uh, I'm glad that this didn't turn into one of those, you know, AEW things where it's just like everything is in the ring and just look at a mess. So I was good with that. Uh, this was just as much about the match as it was the story and you know, seeing, you know, Team Cody, whatever you want to call him, uh, just have the the moment for Randy, all of them hitting the elevated DDTs. It was just, it was just, it was so many good things in that match. Like, I just, it's not much I could complain about. This was a solid premium live event. Like, it's, it's not much that you can really complain about here. So, I, I think they did a hell of a job with the whole thing. Um 
Yeah, like I said, no complaints. Uh, after the match, if you guys paid attention, uh, you know, Randy goes over to Jay and he says, okay, man, they do the handshake and everything and they kind of get, you know, get, do a little hug, you know, and he's like, oh, we cool now, you know, so it was, it was like, okay. I was like, okay. I said, this should be interesting. Uh, and then while they're celebrating, we finally hear, oh, you, you want, we finally hear, G, you want to do the thing? <laughs> you want to, you want to do the honors? The honors of what? I'm saying after the war games match, when the guys are celebrating, what was the big news? Oh, you talk about, uh, CM Punk came out? Yeah, I mean, well, you could have, you could have warmed up to it a little bit better, but you know, then. Oh, kinda... right, like, what was, uh. Yeah, I mean, you could have I mean, you could have hit me with the you know oh the music hit and the do 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 you know you just oh so you know put me out but it was you know you could have just walked into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean I, I well, I wasn't excited, but I mean well, I wasn't watching it live either. So um, I was indifferent. But, I was indifferent for the simple I, fact that it's not like I was it's I said from the get-go, as soon as Tony Khan said that he fired CM Punk, the first thing I said was, oh, I said, oh, it's a 50-50 at this point. Because I can see it both ways. I can see CM Punk still saying he wouldn't go back. But at the same time, he's so petty. I can see him going back. So it was. I said from the beginning it was a 50-50 thing. But just me, myself, personally, I don't got no issue with Punk. I've never been a fan. I've been a sub. I've always been a supporter of his, but I've never been a fan. Uh, but you know, it's not like they needed him. So it's not like they had to sign him. It's not like they need him. But you know, again, I'm just the type of person. I, anytime I've ever trashed the place and said I would never step foot back in there, I've stuck to my word. I like to be a person of my word. But that's just me. You know, uh, Triple H made a comment in a press conference about it when the question was asked. And, you know, just to sum it up, he pretty much said, you know, he's, you know, every, you know, everybody grows. I'm a different person. He's a different person. This is a different company. Uh, he also said that the people who made the decision was himself and Tony Khan. Uh, not Tony Khan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they all Khan's. Shut up. <laughs> He said the decision was with uh, Nick Khan and himself. Uh, Vince had nothing to do with the decision. Uh, you know, apparently TKO had nothing to do with it. So this was all on, you know, Nick Khan and Triple H, you know, bringing Sam Punk back. Uh, I was just indifferent. I Like when the rumors first started, when he first got fired from AEW and the rumors first started, I was kind of like, hey, like, but I'm always like that. I'm never the type of person that just jumps to conclusions like that when it comes to this type of stuff. So I was just kind of like, eh. like I said, I've never been a fan. So it wasn't a big deal to me. Honestly, my first reaction was as soon as, as soon as I saw them celebrating the, uh, after they won the war games match, I started laughing. Cause I was just like, I just got a feeling his music about to hit. I just somehow just knew it. I could just feel it. Like, the day before, I had the feeling. I'm just like, yeah, I was like, I got a feeling he gonna show up tomorrow. So, when they started doing the whole, oh, Randy isn't here, Randy isn't here thing, I said, okay, I said, CM Punk definitely showing up. So, when it got to, like, halfway through the show, and they still like, oh, well, Randy still isn't here, Randy still isn't here, I said, yeah. I said, CM Punk's definitely showing up. He's definitely gonna be here. 
So when it's music hit, like I just laugh. Like I just laugh because it wasn't a surprise to me at all. Like I I laughed, got up, went in the kitchen, made myself a snack, you know, went on about my business because it's just like <laughs> here's my thing. I don't dislike CM Punk as a person. There's a lot of people that dislike him for, you know, for what they feel like he did to AEW or however people are saying it. Um, me and myself personally. I'm the type of person, I'm a realist. I'm extremely opinionated myself. I have no filter. I like to be straight to the point. And that's why a lot of people don't like me because I'm not going to waste the time trying to make something sound good just to brush somebody's ego. I'm going to say what I have to say. And if you want to take it the wrong way, that's on you. But I'm going to just say what I got to say. And the problem is we living in a time now where people want to take everything personal. I didn't have not one problem with anything CM Punk said in that uh, that media scrum at all out a year. Was that a year ago? Two years ago? I just found a lost track. Brawl out. We'll just go brawl. <laughs> I got no beef with anything that he said. And, you know, there's the saying of there's the time and the place for everything. I'm not a, I'm not, I don't believe in that 100%. There's not always going to be a right time. There's not always going to be a right place. And I say that because I had to learn that the hard way. I spent so much of my time at one point in my life always holding off on telling people stuff or like wasting time trying to figure out how to word something to somebody because I was just like, okay, right place, right time, because that's how I was raised. But it got to the point where stuff just kept on backfiring and just not working out because... People thought I was trying to be shady or thought, you know, just thought I was trying to do something sneaky. And I'm like, well, no, I just didn't think this was the right time to bring that up. Or, you know, we was at so-and-so that wasn't the right place to bring that up. So I had to learn the hard way just from experience. It's not always the right time. It's not always the right place. I got no beef for anything he said in that, that, that media scrum. I mean, now, granted, it was a couple of things I would have said a little different because you like, he didn't need to say that whole when when uh when they was asking Tony like how he feels about it and everything he was like well don't talk to him talk to me like no shut your ass up that's his company don't be telling them not to talk to him and he don't want paying you like I had an issue with that you know but like I said I, I didn't have an issue with anything he said because sometimes it's like that unfortunately I've had to there was a particular time I had to kind of get a little um uh, uh, unorthodox I'll say that I had to get a little unorthodox and get my point across at a job before and I didn't want to do it that was the thing like people who think they know me thought like okay yeah she did that trying to be funny or she you know she did that because that's just her like that's just her personality I didn't want to have to say what I said I didn't want to have to do it the way I did it but after dealing with so much BS and then nothing being done about stuff when people ask like they care, I was just like, well, okay, F it. And so my approach came off bad to people who didn't know the situation, but to people who knew the situation was like, well, they was like, yeah, I see why. So, you know, like I said, as far as CM Punk going bad, for me personally, <laughs> on a personal level, it's kind of, it, I feel like it made some look foolish because I'm just personally a person of my word. If I've, it's places I've said, oh, I'll never step foot back in here. They'll never have to see my name come across their desk ever again. Like, 
I and I've stayed true to that. If I tell somebody, oh, I'm never gonna talk to you again, I stay by that. I, I stand on what I say. But that's just me. That's just me. That, that's just me. You know, I I don't wanna try to I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to tear it down or make it in like a negative manner, but it's just, it's hard to, when I heard Triple A say, oh, people change and all this, and it's just like, bro, he was just on TV talking junk. Like, this was fresh just a couple months ago. He was on TV still talking junk. And it's, oh, people change. Like, he was gone for seven years, what, seven, eight years before he signed with AEW. If he really wanted to be back that much, like, come on, now, Grant events was, you know, still there, but it's it's just a simple fact of don't hit me with the people change line and he was just on tv a couple of months ago talking junk so you know that was part that was part of the press conference for me where it was just kind of like okay just say anything but you know all in all that's how i feel about it what you think oh i finally get some time to talk oh wow i know you're not gonna say that after you talked over me a couple of times over brief comments, golly, that was like a 20 20 minute rant. Whew. Okay, I forgot what he's talking about. Um, wow. oh, CM Punk, as I said, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't excited about it. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's like a it's like an ex girlfriend, and, and y'all break up. <laughs> Y'all break up badly, and then she <laughs> she decides not to date. Then she starts dating somebody you don't like, and then they break up, and then you go and start dating her again, only to get back at the person you don't like. Not because you want her, but you just want to get back at the person you don't like. And that's what this just looks like. Um, it's just like, hey, look at this. We got them now. So and you it's saying like, it's messy. Oh, it's been messy because I said you really don't need him because he's gonna come in. He he's got to take somebody's spot at the top. He's not coming in to fight for the U.S. title. He's got to take somebody's spot, and um, if he don't get what he wants, you know what what he does. He's gonna you know complain and cry, and I'm just waiting for what uh, gives out first: his body or or his attitude. Cause he kept getting hurt. He gonna get him here. He gonna get hurt, and he gonna complain. That the, the injury. I mean, that's what I was thinking too. It, it this it, this is not gonna work out. I mean, it's good for an initial pop and 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 to sell some t-shirts and stuff. But this this it, is not gonna work. Um, if I was gonna bring, if I was gonna bring it back, I don't wait until the Royal Rumble. Because like I talked with somebody the other day, like the Real Rumbles done sucked for the last couple of years because you have had no surprises. Um, I mean, I know you're in Chicago because you wanted to bring them out because you're in Chicago. Yay. Okay. CM Punk in Chicago. Been there, done that. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't think this is gonna work. I don't. You can get on TV and talk about forgiveness all you want to, but. You you gonna be at each other's throats and, and before by by Survivor Series next year, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this whole thing done fell apart. Uh, well, I'll agree. With I, you I've, I've got no, weeks. I've got no, 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 no faith in this this relationship. You know, anytime you're just trying to do something because you're just trying to get revenge on somebody else, it it don't work out. It just don't. 
it's all all the wrong reasons. So yeah, I'll agree not... with you on the aspect of the injuries because that was the when he came out for me nothing is is confirmed until I see it or hear it myself and I saw it for myself and I said okay I said so he is back again I wouldn't have talked all that mess and said I wouldn't go back somewhere and trash the place like that and went back that's just me but because I'm more the principal about things but. The first thing I thought as soon as he came walking out is what's going to get him first? Is it going to be the drama or the injuries? And for some reason, I said it's probably going to be the injuries because it's not even like he's old. Like, he's only like, what, 43, 44? Like, AJ's older than him, and AJ would just got CM Punk's a little, he's like 45. I think he he's like a year older than me. So, um, well, he he like you said, he got injured so like it was only like what two or three times in the AEW, but they were so like yeah, he's 45 and he just turned 45 last month. Oh, so he just turned 45. Okay, well, I mean, look at Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley 47 48, and he perfectly fine. But well, some you people, know, I mean, everybody, genetics, Bobby, hold up the time. yeah, yeah, some people genetics are better than others, just like you yeah. just talked about with uh. Randy Orton, so yeah, know. everybody is different. So who knows? But I mean, sitting at home for seven, eight years before you start wrestling again didn't help. You know, didn't help his body, regardless of how straight edge of a lifestyle he lives. I mean, you know, he's so never been a, a workout warrior anyway. I mean, oh, clearly, clearly, but you know, the that's the one thing I always stress to people is like, if you don't use your body, it'll break down on you quicker. So. You know, I've, I've, you know, I, that's just a thought I came to first was just, you know, the injuries will probably get him first. I mean, God forbid, of course, because I'm not the type of person to wish anything on nobody. God forbid. But I mean, I hope it works out. I've always considered, I've always told people I don't consider myself optimistic, but it wasn't until last year that I realized I'm probably overly optimistic of anything because <laughs> I'm always like well oh this will, you know well maybe this and not for some reason I don't know why for years I just considered myself like just not optimistic and apparently I'm like overly optimistic <laughs> but I um I think it's gonna work out I, mm, I don't too no, much okay, too I'll much too much log jam I will hope it's gonna work out let me let me be safe I'm all I, I hope it works out because I can see several reasons why it won't work out but I'm just hoping that he has matured enough in these last couple months from when he was just talking mess on TV couple of months <laughs> so now, oh my, oh my. Mm -mm. I mean cause I, like I said you know you you know you can't say that people have grown when they were just talking trash on TV a couple months ago but that's neither here nor there but um, yeah, yeah just I, say it's just it's too much log jam. It's not gonna be good for, and I mean I know the stuff Seth Rollins they showed up, and I mean I know that was all just play up for TV, but you know, you still I mean it him being there to me still is not just good for morale. Um, for the people, well, I mean, Drew I know automatically, Drew automatically went back a couple spaces in the pecking order off rip. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people getting to go, go, have to go because I, I don't, just as I said, I don't think he comes in to sign a contract and say, I'm gonna compete in a mid card. That's not gonna happen. Not. So, I mean, yeah, not. Rollins, your title is in jeopardy. 
Um, and whoever he else was, had, um, he definitely ahead of Damian Priest. He definitely yep. gonna be ahead of Damian Priest. Yep. Now. You were ahead of him. You were ahead of Finn Balor. You were ahead of Nakamura. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I, from what I'm guessing, he's probably gonna be on Raw. Um, of course. So I mean, if he's put on SmackDown, I mean, is LA Knight still a thing? Or yeah. Okay. Okay. So because I mean, I know he didn't make the card. Uh, Yes, uh, for for the Survivor Series, but yeah, if you put him on SmackDown, he's hit. Then the LA Knights gets pushed back down. But I mean, heck, you up there, you putting him up there, really? I mean, if 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 Seth's your top guy up there and Cody's on the Seth, you're putting Punk up there. Punk probably gonna want to be ahead of Cody. I mean, no. Oh, he's not gonna get ahead of Cody. They don't put too much time and energy into the Cody. He's not gonna be put ahead of Cody. That's gonna be the first problem then. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's probably gonna want to be the number two guy on Raw, if not the number one guy. So, I mean, that's why I say I, I just don't. I'll, I'll I, agree I with guess. you on this aspect too of it. I I do think that he possibly. I don't want to necessarily. I don't want to necessarily say he'll get put ahead of Seth, but it's a it's a high probability for the simple fact that. Seth whole thing and it's not necessarily gimmick for Seth. Seth whole thing is he's a work he's he's one he's a working man, title or not. He's gonna be out there every Monday giving you his all. And the fact that he's made it aware the past several months how bad his back issues are, and he did make it clear that his back does require surgery and he's put it off for four years. I'm pretty sure that as soon as it starts not looking good for stuff, like whether he needs to go take the surgery or he's just not going to be able to come back, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to start seeing CM Punk getting put in his place. So I can see I can see stuff getting pushed further back before way before I can see, get, see Cody getting pushed back because they put way too much into Cody. So he's not going to be put ahead of Cody. Mm, yeah, we'll see. We will see. In the main event, Jey Uso, you can... I mean, of course he's gonna be put ahead of Jay. Main okay, event I mean, and name only. Like that, they, of course, but of course they're gonna put him ahead of Jay because Jay just became a singles star, really, in the last three years. And if you really want to put the high level notoriety on it this year, so of course he's gonna be put ahead of you know Jay, but. I, I can't, like, he's, I'm not even gonna say I can't, he won't be put ahead of Cody for the simple fact that business, it just don't look good on paper. They put way too much time and money into Cody. They're not gonna stop that momentum now. Like, even if they do add Punk to a couple things, they probably would have played, like, okay, I'll say it like this. I'll say it like this. This is the simplest way to put it. I can see a couple of storylines now being pushed back a little bit further or being expanded more. I get it's the better way to say it, expanded longer because punks in the mix now. So now certain stuff that we was probably getting within the next several months, we probably won't get until like within the next year because of punk now. So instead of oh, maybe we gotta wait six, you know, six to eight months, now we're gonna have to wait a year for it. So I can oh KO definitely taking the back seat because KO was supposed to be getting his push. And remember his push got pushed back because of Sammy catching on fire. But so Kevin Owens is on SmackDown, right? Yeah, but okay. 
But they, but look at everything going on now. That don't mean he won't get somehow find his way back over to Raw. You just never know. Yeah, but... I mean, I know the brand stuff don't. It's only loose, uh, you know, uh, as far as how they enforce those rules. But uh, it don't yeah, apply to I, the top stars, clearly. <laughs> yeah, like I said it's loose. It's loose on how those those, those rules are enforced. But yeah, oh definitely. You know, I'm I'm just definitely. not uh oh that's what I forgot when you saw Jay Uso. Um now when I see the gripe is that now when I when I saw what this is all about, I'm like I I'm completely one hundred percent on Drew McIntyre's side in this gripe. Completely. Wait, what we talking about? When it's talk, uh, when talking about Ju, so because I had forgot about when um what I was uh oh thinking yeah. about okay, when it yeah, comes to him wanting revenge on Ju, so because he should his re- his reasoning from what I'm I'm seeing is is correct. Um, we shouldn't just forgive Ju so for terrorizing the roster for with Roman Reigns for two or three years, and and then just because Cody says it's okay, is he cool? We gotta be cool. No, that don't that don't apply to me. He can be cool with you, but he ain't gotta be cool with me. And I if mean, if yeah. I if I don't like him, you know, don't get old, man. You why don't you just like the guy? No, I no, I don't have to like the guy. He yeah, he did cost me championships. Yes, I should have beef with him. You should have beef with him too. But if you want to forgive him, hey, that's on you. That's on Sammy. If y'all cool with it, Randy Orton, if you come back and you cool with him, hey, that's you. But as for me, yeah, we still got beef. And I don't see nothing wrong with Drew's motivations. Um, I'm not, it's there. definitely nothing wrong with the, with, okay, from the storyline aspect of the motivations, it makes perfect sense, right? That's like anybody in real life with common sense, that makes sense. Here's, let me ask you this before I make my point pandemic era thunderdome era whatever you want to call it what was your thoughts of drew beating brock for the title let alone having two title reigns that close together losing the title that quick and then getting it right back that quick in the thunderdome era what like how did you feel about that it made sense as to the fact that we knew brock lesnar wasn't gonna be around and now, had the pandemic not happened, would he have won the title at WrestleMania? I I don't know. I just don't. If Brock was maybe feeling that he was, you know, getting tired of his run, would he have just dropped a title to Drew? Maybe. Maybe not. I can't say. But as for right now, we got what we got. And Brock wasn't going to be around. Drew, to me, during the pandemic era, was the right person to carry that title he was there he was willing to work he put in that work for that those you know however long he had to put it in i wasn't a big fan of drew mcin babyface drew mcintyre i like heel drew mcintyre a lot better than babyface drew Drew mcintyre i don't like pandering him pandering to crowds and stuff don't like it i i want him to be the Scottish psychopath, you know, just go ahead and, and beat people up, throw them around, kick, kick them in the head, do that kind of stuff. 
that's the stuff I like him to do. Um, the co- countdown to the Claymore, no, just just Claymore the crap out of. Um, so he was the right person to carry the title doing that span when a lot of people didn't couldn't work or didn't want to work. He was absolutely the right person to have it at that particular time. Now, when so, more important people start coming back, well, we see what happened. He got pushed so, down in the pushed down the card. So hot take. This is my hot take on it. I don't think they should have made him champion during the pandemic or era, uh, like Thunderdome era, however you want to say. It. I prefer to say Thunderdome era, but so for the um, people I who guess, was working during that era, who would you have liked to help help help, no, help help the no, championship? This is what I'm. This is what I'm saying. This is how I look at the situation. It's not like it's not like Drew was really over it like that. I'm not disagreeing with you on the aspect of. You know, he was coming in and putting in the work. He was definitely putting in the work. Now, yeah, he, you know, he got his fans, but he clearly wasn't over the way Vince wanted him to be over it. And you see that it's like it would be almost like crickets out there when he would do his promos. Like you would hear some noise. I mean, of course, it's not going to sound the same because, you know, they got to use the audio, you know, from the screens and stuff they had. Uh, so the audio is not going to sound exactly the same, but it was just like, it would just almost be dead silent when he would do it. Like, remember they did that angle where Randy, uh, him and Randy had the, the rematch or whatever and uh, everybody helped Drew like Rick, Big Show. I forgot who the, who was the other person? Uh, it was like Rick. Oh well, yeah, you know Claire, I, yeah, cause, uh, was it Mark Henry? Was he still there? It, yeah, it was Mark Henry. That was right before he left. Okay, yeah, I remember like um because it was like everybody who Randy Orton had like you know kicked in the head. Yeah, so it was like so you remember he you know Randy had went in they was like playing poker or whatever and he went in and you know jumped all of them and shit but remember when they helped Drew initially and that that the next that was the next Raw right after that uh premium live event when uh Drew kicked off Raw and cut that terrible promo it was like one of the worst promos I ever seen and heard where all of them came out he's like oh I just want to thank all these gentlemen and he oh I just want to thank you and I want to thank you he went down like and shook all their hands it was just so dry and nobody was reacting it was just so weird and bizarre and you know I always say that the Thunderdome era showed who really had talent and who didn't because there were some people that just shined in the Thunderdome era Bailey Sasha Sasha aka Mercedes like you know, there were some people that street profits, like there were some people that just shined during that Thunderdome era. And a lot of people showed that they just didn't have what it takes to be able to work in any situation. And, you know, a lot of people was complaining about Brock, you know, not being there and not being on TV and all this and that. And I was one of those people. And I'm not necessarily complaining now when Roman's doing it, but it's a big difference from Roman doing it to where Brock's doing it. And I'll explain it because somebody said this on Twitter the other day and I said the same thing. I said, yeah, I said, you are absolutely right that it's the same situation. I said, but it's one small difference. And this is the difference. So here's the thing, people. When you really put all the facts on the table, 
Brock did his initial stint in what WWE from 20, uh, I was about to say 22, Jesus Christ, from 2002 to what, 2004 originally. He left, went to UFC, was in US, UFC for like what, seven years? Well, he, probably, he, he tried to play football. Then he, after that failed out, he went to, he went to New Japan and um, then okay, UFC. So Okay, yeah. so he did the football thing. That didn't work. Then he went to New Japan. Then he went to UFC. The point was he was gone from WWE for like seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. Then he came back and really didn't do nothing. Then he left again for a hot minute and then came back. And it was just like when you really put everything into perspective, Brock didn't really do anything. He really did nothing of significance in his WWE career and was basically just being handed a golden opportunity. You had two, I don't want to say mediocre years in the WWE, but you had like, you had some semi-good years, them two years in WWE, then you left for several years. Now, his first two, run, hit that 2002 to 2004 run is a great run. I didn't say it was a bad run. I okay, because you said you said it was mediocre. Did no, you I said that? I don't want to say it's mediocre. I said okay. I don't want to say it's mediocre. Like so, it, I'm not saying that it was terrible or anything, but you didn't. He did. It's not like he did something in that two years that was noteworthy for him to get that type of treatment. Like you. Well, you he this, he 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 beat everybody. <laughs> Literally, I mean, but did I mean, but not let's be honest, he beat everybody because that's what Vince wanted him to do. Like, he, had yeah, some I mean, really he, he yes, yes, he got to push. You get to he push had some really great matches. I'm not listening, I'm not taking anything mm -hmm. away from Brock Lesnar because I understand how great of an athlete he is. Like, he is superhuman. I give him that. All mm -hmm. I'm saying is, he did do a lot. But he really paid no dues. He really didn't. He really didn't have the. He really didn't have the equity. He didn't have the fanfare, and he was just being handed these opportunities that everybody else had worked their butt off for. And that that's true. Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that's I true. understand. I understand why it while it was frustrating for everybody because that's why it was frustrating to me because I'm like, okay, I saw his initial run. I saw his initial run. And you were gone for several years. You came back for like, what, a year and then disappeared again and then came back and he's been back since. But you've been pretty much part-time and you got all these people out here full-time busting their butt. Like, Randy was still there that whole time. And instead of putting a belt on Randy, you putting it on Brock, who was never here. That just didn't make any sense. But wasn't that what the promos was all about with them? Oh, you got it on the part-timer. I mean... That was kind of what the whole gripe was, you know. Well, no, like, of course that what played into the promo, but I'm saying that. But what I'm saying is that that's the issue that everybody had. That that granted, you had a lot of people that didn't mind that Brock was doing that, but that's why it was a big problem for most people. That they looking like, well, you you never really was here. When you really to put in, you've been going longer than you've been here. You know, at the time, so it was just like. 
Why are you getting this superstar treatment when you don't even basically come to work? And all these other people who are breaking a, you know, breaking their backs and putting in these phenomenal performances aren't getting this type of treatment. It didn't make any sense. So of course I can see why people had a legit great with it because that makes sense. Now with Roman, when people sitting here saying this with Roman, like, well, oh, like, you know, uh, people was complaining about Brock and look at Roman doing the same thing. It's a... I know this is going to sound stupid, but it's a completely different situation. Roman's been there, and he's always been there since he officially got on the main roster. He's always put in the work, but the the people just wouldn't just wouldn't roll with it. And I just mentioned this uh, what, about a month ago on somebody's post where they, they said something about, you know, oh, it took this long for Roman to get over. And I said, no. I said, if y'all really go back, because I was watching this live when it was happening, when the shield first broke up, People was not booing Roman. Like, of course, it was a couple boos here and there because that's what most people, you always going to hear a couple boos with almost anybody. It's very few people who don't get booed at all. But it was a couple boos here and there. But it, for the most part, he was being cheered. And when he had that match at SummerSlam with Randy Orton back in 2014, when he won that match, they started booing him when he won. And ever since then, People kept booing him. The only two times he got cheered during that time before he turned heel was when they Triple H did that. And you know, that story with them and Triple him and Triple H and Stephanie when they were trying to get him over it. So that's when, you know, Triple H had to, you know, break out the boots, get back on the roster, and you know, start working again. And put on that you know, terrible yeah. WrestleMania match. You know, that's besides the point. But they was doing doing all that to help get, you know, help get sympathy on Roman to, you know, make him the baby face. And it worked for like a week. And then later that what that weekend at the freaking pay-per-view, they was booing them. And I'm just like, bro, I said, y'all just Vince just Vince needed to learn when to back off. Like he felt like just cause okay, this works with, you know, this works with uh, Cena and, you know, and he did the same thing with Theory. Like, bro, you sitting here forcing Theory down everybody's throat because you're like, well, oh, I got it to work with Cena and I got it to work with Roman. And it wasn't going to work with Theory at this point because people knew what he was doing. Like, people knew what he was doing and they just wasn't going to stand for it. Theory just, he can't cut a promo to save his life. He always looks stupid anytime he out there doing any type of an angle and he's supposed to any like show any type of expression. His expressions are always either completely opposite of what they're supposed to be or his timing is off with the expression. Theory is he has he has a whole package. Theory's a good looking guy. He has size. He clearly knows how to move in the ring, but he just hasn't figured out the psychology yet. He doesn't, but the main thing is he doesn't have the confidence. None of this stuff is gonna work with Theory until he finds the confidence. And him giving himself fake confidence, like he keeps saying, anytime I've seen or heard interviews with him, he makes it seem like he's confident in himself, but he's clearly not because you can hear it in his voice. You can see it when he comes out there. And it's not like John said that to him to be rude. Like, no, you clearly don't believe in yourself. That's why nobody else does. Yeah, but the, the, I mean, I mean, uh, I was we was talking about uh Drew McIntyre, I know, I know. but I kind of got off topic. Got way off topic. It's pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same thing with Drew. Is you feel like I honestly feel like for anytime I see Drew, it's just I don't believe anything he says. It always comes off awkward. And he's never been a great like, promo. 
I mean, that's never that's never been a better promo when he's a heel. He's a better promo when he's he's a better everything when he's a heel. Of course he is, but even then he still struggles because it's just not all the way there yet. And unfortunately, uh, as much as I hate to say it, it looks like it's never going to get there because what Drew's already in his 40s. And if you ain't got it now, bucko, then you probably just ain't never going to, you know, get that aha moment. But did you manage that 40 already? Yeah, he just turned 40. I think it was this year. It was either this year or last year. He turned 40. He's 38. Oh, well, same difference. 38 and not 40. Two years away, same. He he a sneeze away, (laughs) same difference. He up there. I mean, he, I mean, at this point, sweetheart, if you don't got to figure it out, it's probably not going to happen. And I hate to say that because usually around this age, this is where if people didn't have it figured out already, they got to figure it out by now. And Drew still hasn't figured it out. And I'm not going to say he ain't got it figured out. Um, he does. I mean, is, is he, you know, um, uh, why aren't the uh, people uh, behind him if he got it figured out? If he had it figured out, the fans would be behind him. I'm not saying he doesn't have fans, but he's he got a contingent, but he was never to me, even back in the day, he really, you know, when it's his, if he's going to be, you know, the what they used to call him, uh, the, the future or whatever, whatever that was way back when. The chosen one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Chosen one, that stuff. Um, I mean, it was a stretch, but I mean, he went on the Indies. I mean, he he put in he put in the work, and he rebuilt himself back up and and came. And you know, I was actually excited to see him. You know, come back on the uh, get to the main roster, and it took a while for them to actually get rolling with him. It was a super slow burn before they actually had him do anything. Um, they had them, you know, tag team champions with Dolph Ziggler, which I was like, and eh, this ain't gonna get it. It was nowhere. definitely weird. That was weird and, for and, sure. You know, then they had to turn a face in order for him to, you know, get that main event push, which I thought that he would get the title and then immediately probably turn here. But I mean, there's the stuff with Randy getting him over. Randy worked with him to, you know, legitimize his main event run. We'll but it say didn't that. help him. It didn't we'll, help him. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Randy didn't help him because I know Randy did everything that he could on screen and off screen. What I'm saying is the fans only reacted. If you go back and watch that match at WrestleMania that him and Brock had when he beat Brock, the only reason why the crowd reacted to him like they did is because so many people were upset about you know Brock. It wasn't no crowd. <laughs> With the people was upset about Brock sitting at home with the championship while all these other people out there busting their butt. So he, you know, so he got a good reception. But as soon as he won, what happened? A lot of that adulation he got was gone within a couple of days, and he wasn't getting like the big pops. Like he would get some pops, but it, they none of them were like special. Who, who, it was like, nobody oh. there. It was nobody there to pop for. It was le- no, literally nobody I, there. No, no, I'm saying like when they started doing the Thunderdome, like because of course when they initially did the WrestleMania, they didn't have like that was pumped stuff. in. That was pumped in noise. It was. It was it, y'all think everything in the Thunderdome was pumped in? I'm not saying they didn't pump in stuff, but everything was not pumped in because every time some somebody say something about the Thunderdome, everybody's responding. Oh, all that was pumped in. All of that was not the pumped the, in. the yes. crowd noise was pumped in. 
a lot of the crowd noise was pumped in, but all of it was not pumped in. And I really wish people would stop saying that because I was on a lot of those. Like I did those. I think I still got my uh, things from when I did them. I'll have to check. But I did a lot of those. So I know for a fact that all of it wasn't piped in. But at, that, at this point, that's a different topic for a different time. But the thing is, like, even now, even even if you want to take that off the table, look at now. Even before things got weird and he disappeared off the of TV for a while, it's the simple fact that when he comes out, like, he, like, yeah, there's a good amount of people that cheer. But it's not like because the other people now have passed him over. I just like I said, he had his moment in time. 2020, 2021 was his moment in time. That time has now passed. He is not no longer, you know, a main event guy. And the thing I wasn't even I trying to he legitimize he I wasn't even trying to uh talk about his main event run. I was talking about his motivations toward Jay Uso. I was I was in kayfabe. You know, no, I'm saying that's like, my whole that like, my whole thing. I was like, that's what I, I agree with. with you on that. I said I agree with you on that mm -hmm. though. But my point to all of that was because I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm 100 percent with you on he got legitimate reasons, and it makes sense why he got beef with Jay Uso. That makes perfect sense. All I'm saying is as a whole, as the whole package, as much as I hate to say it. When his contract comes up, which is, I think they said he's one of the people in the first quarter of the year his contract comes up, they should probably just let him go as much as I hate to say it because you're not really getting anything out of it. Like, he's not really getting anything out of it. So why keep doing it? They're going to probably re-sign him. I don't think they're going to let him they'll go. They'll probably re-sign him. But you know, he'll, he'll just be a foil for, you know, He'll be that one-off guy who gets a championship shot and loses. That's what he's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's the. He's at this point. He's like in Dolph Ziggler territory at this point, where it's like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He'll be that guy who comes in. Now he, he's not gonna. I don't think they're gonna make him the gatekeeper guy, because when he when, when he was the gatekeeper guy, he he won a dang old feud with uh Karrion Cross, and you see what happened to Karrion Cross. Actually, we don't see because he don't. When the last time you seen him on TV? I mean, good point. I know he did a dark match just last week, but good point. Jesus Christ, he on dark matches now. <laughs> well, he wasn't even doing that for a while. They 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 said that they're supposed to be doing something with him soon. Like him and Scarlett supposed to be doing something soon is what I heard. Uh, and I saw they said he hadn't even been doing the dark matches. Like they said, that was the first time they had seen him on the dark matches in a few months so I, they, they gearing up supposedly to do something with him it's probably taking the back seat now that punk is back was what i'm thinking you whatever he's doing it, it it won't be interacting with the main eventers whatever they got there but yeah yeah i mean yeah drew didn't even lose that few i'm which i thought he should have lost that few if you're trying to get crossover so I mean, yeah, that was, was the thing. Yeah. Everybody said that though. Like, if you're trying to get crossover, why would he lose? Like, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I loved, you know, him being a foil to Gunther and Gunther beating him because that legitimizes Gunther, you know, with him and and the Sheamus thing because just as I said, Gunther's my my favorite WWE currently wrestling for for WWE. I is it, Gunther. I think he's the most uh, you know, he's great, com compelling, compelling character that they currently have and the most legitimate champion. 
Um, he has a good look. He looks like a 007 villain, which I think they should cast him. And I know they said that they, they said that they're like years away from being able to cast the next 007 or, you know, well, rebooting the, doing the next reboot of the franchise. But I think they should start with Gunther. He should be cast as a villain. He got, he has a great look. He, he talks good English. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's, well, clearly it's his second language, but he's fluent in it for the most part. He's clearly a very smart guy. Like, just from the interviews I've seen with him, he's a very smart guy. Uh, he has this... He has this aura about him. Uh, Gunther's a freaking star, so... I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, that helped legitimize Gunther, but it did nothing for Drew. And uh, it's just been a lot of, what was no, that money? No. It, it didn't. It, 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 he was uh, uh, something used to, to legitimize Gunther to get him over. And in that respect, it worked. That's was all that I can a, say. Where was they at earlier this year? They was in London, wasn't they? When he uh, when he showed up and didn't wasn't on the car and just showed up because he had been off the of TV for a few months. Oh wow! Remember, it was earlier. I mean, I know he had some contract issues or something, and he wasn't. But there no, remember, and... it was earlier. Whatever premium live event it was, it was something earlier this year where we hadn't. Remember, me and you was talking, and we said we hadn't seen Drew on TV for a while. And then it was like whatever premium live event that was over in London when John Cena showed up, you know, advocating for WrestleMania London, whenever that was, whatever premium live event that was. Oh. I think that was Money in the Bank. Oh. Yeah, that was Money in the Bank. I'm right. That was Money in the Bank. Oh, so okay. remember, Drew showed up at Money in the Bank. He wasn't even on the card or nothing, but he just showed. It was like, oh, welcome, Drew McIntyre. And he got a nice little pop, but it didn't really last long. And it was just kind of like, oh, like. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that loud. Like, it was loud, but it wasn't, like, loud, like, you Where's know. Where's Europe? Else. So that's why they had them on there, because, you know, they got to I mean, of course the European that's why people he was on there. there. Of course that's why he was there, but I'm just saying, like, that, if you just go, if you just go and look at the little things, like, the pops he get when he come out, like, it's not, like, deafening. Like, it's not, and even if it's not deafening, it's not loud to the point where you're like, oh, that's such a great reaction, like, of course, like you could, he could have been like Dana Brooke and just not getting any type of reaction. I mean, he's got some okay pops. I don't think he's ever got no, no, you know, ear splitting pops ever. I don't think that's ever been a thing, you know. I mean, I think probably the loudest pop like he got is when he won a Royal Lump Rumble, probably the loudest. I think that in, that in WrestleMania, that in WrestleMania when he won, I think those are the two biggest. I feel like, but it was nobody like, in the crowd for WrestleMania. Oh that was God, literally empty. WrestleMania. Oh my gosh. Uh, Royal Rumble. Oh my God. You just said that. My listen. It's been a long day. Royal Rumble. That's why I keep trying to say and keep saying WrestleMania. Jesus Christ. It's the R that keeps throwing me off. I keep. I'll get it together. So, okay. My apologies, everybody, for keep saying WrestleMania. I keep wanting to say Royal Rumble and keep saying WrestleMania, but uh. So like I said, I I agree with you. They probably not gonna let him go. They'll probably resign him, but I probably think it's best that they don't because it's not doing anybody any favors at this point. It's not helping his career. It's not helping them business-wise. So just why keep doing the same thing? Because at this point, you can't promise him a main event spot because you already got KO that's on the back burner right now. Y'all done put KO storyline, well, his push off for like the last year. He's not getting no more. He's not getting another main event run. 
Well, we and, don't I hate, know. And, I, and I hate to say that because KO, at one point, KO was my favorite wrestler. I'm at not one gonna point. jump to conclusions because they clearly they clearly was getting back on track when they put him on SmackDown because they could have chose anybody to trade over to SmackDown and they chose him. So I'm not gonna just jump to conclusions on that. But KO's push has been pushed back for over a year now because it first got pushed back by Sammy getting hot. Then Sammy was hot for so long. Then they had to do something. And then they put him with Sammy and him and Sammy had the tag, you know, the main event spot and the tag run and all this and that. So So how who who's he beat who's he gonna beat to get a main event run? You know, listen, I don't know what their plan's gonna be. That's the one I ain't been able to kind of figure out yet. But all I'm saying is I, I believe KO will be getting that run before Drew does because let's be honest, it clearly showed it didn't work out with I Drew mean, I would take KO over Drew all day. But I don't see KO getting another main event run like I, that universal title run he had. I I, just, I think that's it. And I'm thinking that's it. He'll, he'll might get a, a secondary title. Or a tag team title, but uh, I, I just don't I, don't. I don't see him getting none of the major titles no more. And that's sad to I say because at the time he was like legitimate from when I first got back into wrestling, when I started watching NXT, he was my favorite wrestler up until his main roster run when he was feuding with Cena until when he became Universal Champion, until he had a job to that punk Goldberg, you know, his stuff with Jericho. He was legit. You know, but then you know they start doing dumb stuff. You know, this the, did make him look like a dummy on TV mm-hmm. for so long. It kind of crushes credibility a little bit. You have getting turned over in, in a porta potty by Braun Strowman and stuff, and you know, and even when he was feud with Roman, when Roman was still early in his um championship reign yeah and 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 you know they still make k k they're still making them look good you know feeling with rollins there he was still looking good but yeah he he didn't play second fiddle to uh sammy in that tag team and i mean what has he done on smackdown since he got traded over you know i get your point (laughs) Like I said, when I go read the reviews, I don't never see his name on there. Well, they've—I mean—they've been having him doing a lot of backstage stuff lately. I mean, I know one time he was on commentary or something. Well, yeah, that was just like um, two weeks ago. Okay. I mean, that... I don't know. Like I said, I don't know, but because you would think that CM Punk being back wouldn't affect him, but you just never know. Um, but I, like I said, I would think he would get that opportunity before Drew would. And like I said, is I'm not the even if I don't like somebody, I'm not the type of person that hopes somebody lose their job. I've never been that type of person. But I'm just, I, like I said, I'm a realist. And if this is not working for him, and it's clearly not, and you could tell he's been frustrated for a while, this isn't working for you, sweetheart. It isn't working for them because it's not like you a big enough name that you're pulling in all this money to begin with. So it's really not working for either of y'all. So I think it's just best that he don't resign. I mean, if he's going to get more money here than anybody else going to give him, I mean, well, why not? You know, 
Now you know for a fact Tony Khan to be willing to pay him an absurd amount of money. Just no more signings. No more signings. No. He can't no, help no. himself. No more signings. He can't help himself. You already. And know. then Drew Mc Drew McIntyre. I mean, you, he's not gonna he's not gonna be the champ. So if Clark, I mean, if he let it, well, I mean, yeah, you got a point. Cause Clark he's not gonna be the champ. champ. Yeah, he's not gonna be the champ. So I mean, okay, we'll speak with the understanding that. Yeah, yeah, you can be ring on a champ. <laughs> You're not gonna be a AEW champ. I mean, you might, just, you might I mean, be, you might get a TNT title. But, I mean, you just know. to touch on that real quick, like I, I kind of, I think I made my other point for me because I was saying, uh, I was telling you go back to go back to Impact. <laughs> I was, I made a, I made a, a comment about Claudio a few weeks ago. Claudio is in the same situation because. He said they left WWE thinking the grass was going to be greener on the other side. And Tony Khan was just acting like he was just, you know, going to do all this stuff with Claudio. And look at Claudio. You still doing joke TV. Like, you you look, you look like a fool on TV majority of the time. Yeah, you've been ROH champ, world champion two times. But again, Ring of Honor world champion, maybe that would have meant something 10 years ago. But for the last couple of years... Ring of Honor hasn't really meant anything. And I really hate to say it like that, but it's just the facts. Like, they get, like, what? Y'all on the internet, and y'all get, like, maybe 30,000 subscribers. So it's just kind of like, bro, like, you really was sitting here complaining about how WWE treated you when you're really not getting that much better treatment over there. The only difference is you probably make, well, pretty sure you making more money. And, like, well, yeah, you got a world title reign, but it's for a brand that technically don't even exist no more. And it really, it don't even really be on TV. So it's, it's just one of them things where it's kind of like, you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Now, granted, it probably would have worked out better for Claudio if he was still, you know, at, you know, still in WWE. Cause you know, by now, you know, Triple H would have been in charge. So he would have been getting some different treatment, but. He would have never got past the mid card. I mean, true, but I mean, really, in all honesty, is he really passed the mid card now? Like, just because he's been ringing on the world. Exactly. I mean, you can call it, it's, it, it, it's, it's still a world championship. So you still got like that on your resume. Like he but, a Carter. How you been exactly. a champion twice and you still being booked like a mid Carter? You might as well have just stayed where you was at. If that works out for him, then it works out for him. If he's happier where he at, then hey. Whatever. I that's mean, that's I that's do. him. If, that, if, they, if he is legitimately happier over there, that's fine. But here's the thing: a lot of people acting like they're so much happier over there, and it's not even like they're really happier. It's just they oh well, you know, it's a lot more freedom. AEW being in existence just proved why a lot of these people don't need the freedom that they want creatively because a lot of they a lot of them have terrible ideas like it's not the word I actually want to use but I'm trying my best to keep it PG but a lot of people that think they just have all these creative ideas have done nothing but prove that they have terrible creative ideas and I'm not saying the WWE creators idea under Vince was you know just so much better but I mean, this just proves that y'all was complaining. A lot of y'all was complaining for no reason because you couldn't come up with nothing better yourself. No, I mean they. I mean, it, WWE's uh been bad, you know, for years. You know, they had a occasional um 
good thing, just like AEW. You know, they had, you know, occasionally good thing in that. And to me, that's what wrestling is in general. You know, you watch it to maybe get that occasional uh, g- good thing. Um, and that's what it is to me. That's why mostly that's why I, I stick to uh, reviews and, 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 and stuff like that because most of it is not that great. So. I, I mean, I will admit it's a lot. It's a lot easier to watch now than it was because for a while, I did get to the point to where I'd stop watching Raw and will only like look at the highlights because for a while it just did get like kind of weird, and especially after they was on a hot streak for a while, and then it just started getting weird for a while. Um, but it's just crazy how here we are in 2023, and you see that. SmackDown is pretty much like the A show and, you know, Raw is like the B show, whereas, you know, Vince always treated Raw like the A show and just didn't care that much about SmackDown. And this is just real reminiscent of... Because Raw is so three hours full of nothing. Boredom. It's bored. Every time I try to watch Raw, I fall asleep. It's so bored. I really feel like people try to blame blame Raw being bad on the whole three hours thing. Being three hours has nothing to do with it being bad. I just feel like there's a lot of... You don't have enough good material to fill three hours. That's why. But they could. But but here's the problem. They could. could. They've been saying that for years. They've been saying that for years. But here's the thing. I also said when Triple H Frey, when Vince first quote unquote stepped down, I told people, I said it's going to be at least, I said at the very least, six months to a year just to kind of turn the ship and like to get it in a good direction. That's not including the time it's going to take to rehabilitate other stuff. It's way easier to mess up something than it is to fix something. So the fact that people are still complaining about certain stuff, I'm like, some of the stuff I see people still complaining about, I'm just like, bro, everything cannot be fixed overnight. Some stuff is going to take months. Some stuff is going to take a year or two to rebuild. It's like you have to, you know, you can't, you can't reinstill faith in people in just overnight. Some people you can get back like that, but a lot of damage was done. Vince did a lot of damage while how he was booking both of the shows, how he was booking Raw, how he was booking Smack. Well, even NXT, how he was booking everything. Let's just say that. Like I said, it's way easier to mess something up than it is to fix it. So I think Triple H has been doing a really good job. Him and, you know, Nick Khan have been doing a really good job at, you know, trying to right the ship and fix everything. They've made a lot of improvements in a short amount of time. But it's still a lot of things that need to be fixed. And it's only so much they can do at a time. And 